Welcome to the Jewish Education Experience Podcast with your hosts, Yasmina and Ari, who will be uncovering gems of wisdom with Jewish educators from around the world. To support our podcast, you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash Jewish Education Experience Podcast. Our guest today is Rachel Zivik. And Rachel grew up in Chicago, and she attended Jewish day schools for elementary and high school. And she currently lives in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. She is the head of school or principal at Kelman Brown Academy in Voorhees, New Jersey. And prior to becoming the principal of Kelman Academy, she was the director of curriculum and instruction, served as the New Jersey Association of Independent School Leadership Institute, and was on the development committee in 2013. And we're excited to hear a little bit more about her. Hello, Rachel. Welcome to the podcast. And thank you so much for being here with us today. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I am really honored. Really, it's our pleasure. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you began your journey in education? Sure. So I am the granddaughter of Holocaust survivors, and it was very important to them that I attended Jewish day school growing up in Chicago. And I was very fortunate to have been given the gift of not only attending a Jewish day school for elementary and high school, but also getting the chance to attend Camp Ramah in Wisconsin, where I also happened to meet my husband, who is a rabbi in the community as well. And I always loved the warmth and purposefulness of being part of a place that had a mission and always helped me feel like my participation had meaning. Um, And after graduating Columbia University with uh, a BA in religion, I really wasn't sure what the next steps would be, but I did know that I I needed um, to find a home job, something that would pay the bills for a little while while I figured out my next steps. And I was fortunate to get a job teaching first grade at Salman Schechter School of Manhattan, And I fell in love with teaching, and I haven't looked back. I got my master's in general and special education from the Bing Street College of Education in Manhattan, and this is my 18th year teaching. Wow. How was the transition from educator to principal? How did that work? Oh, (laughs) you know, when we moved down to Cherry Hill, About 15 years ago, I was very lucky to find a home at Kelman Brown Academy. And in that home, I I feel like I was given a lot of opportunities to learn and grow. And when the opportunity arose to become the principal and the head of school, I'll admit I was scared. But I also knew that I had a terrific support team at the school, which I still do. And that's really the faculty Um, So I can say that I love what I do. I'm excited to go to school every day still. I can say that there are days that are really, really hard and challenging and um, things that I couldn't have expected and things that I may or may not have expected. Um, But I do feel really proud of 
what I do. And I feel really proud of Kelman Brown Academy and everything that we are able to accomplish. And I am really grateful to um, get to be a part of such a special school, a special family with such an important mission. Wow. So you mentioned that you fell in love with Jewish education. Are there any specific educators that you particularly admire? There are actually tons of educators that I admire. Um, I I think that anyone who chooses to become an educator is admirable just in and of itself. Um, But I, I guess I can divide that up into two different groups. People who have mentored me that I admire a great deal and people out in the field that are just doing some really exciting work. To give an example of someone in each of those camps, 15 years ago, the principal at Kelman Brown Academy was Selma Rothman, and she really modeled, I think, for me and for all of the faculty at KBA what a compassionate and supportive leader is like. Um, And I I think about Selma a lot. Um, When things come up, I always ask myself still, what would Selma do? So that She's certainly someone that I admire very much who devoted her whole life to Jewish education Um, and someone out in the field that I think is just 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 an exceptional person, a human being, um, Shuli Rubin Schwartz, who is the current chancellor of the Jewish Theological Seminary. She's not only is just she's a, a tremendous educator, she's also a model, a pioneer in her field and a scholar and has done things that, you know, she's the first female chancellor of the Jewish Theological Seminary, which is quite a feat, but she's also a a, a really special human being who has this inner strength that I, I, I think I don't, I don't really know anyone quite like her. So she brings that to her role at the seminary, to her role before that at List College and to her role as a mom, um, to her kids and a friend and a mentor and and really just someone that I admire a great a great deal. I can definitely hear from you that they've had such a profound influence on you and your life and and your reason for going into education and pursuing it. Just curious, since you're not in the classroom anymore, how do you create an environment that encourages talking about God? And then how might this differ with the various age groups within the school? That, that's a really, that's a really tough question because, um, you know, in my career, I haven't, I, I've mostly focused in my teaching on, on sort of the, the secular subjects. So I haven't done a whole lot of teaching about God, um, but in my role as a school leader and also as a mom, I think that, you know, it's very important not to shy away from talking about God with children of all ages, because talking about God makes God manifest in our lives. And sometimes we hesitate to talk about topics with children when we don't feel like we have good answers for them. And and just showing children of all ages that it's okay not to have the answers is just really important. And having the conversation, being open to leaving the conversation with unanswered questions really helps kids to formulate their own thoughts and beliefs about God. 
So I, I think what I've learned over the years is that children of all ages really appreciate being given the time and space and the opportunity to have these important conversations, creating creating a safe space to have these conversations, creating a space where it's um, these conversations are, are viewed as important and valuable are one of the, the things that are, I think, in my role that's not in the classroom anymore. And one of the things that I talk, we, we as a school, we try to do for our students just to create those spaces and places and, and confidence, right, to have these kinds of conversations that don't have, that don't have answers. Yeah, I like that you mentioned not feeling like we had to have all the answers. I think that's important for our children, our students to know that we don't know everything and we're learning just as much as they are. And and for them to feel like we genuinely welcome their questions and also welcome their opinions and beliefs and, and want to hear what they have to say and want to learn from them as well. Yeah, so we wanted to ask you about the word education, chinuch uh, in Hebrew, um, can be an amorphous term. How do you define education? So there's this phrase, Talmud Gadol had Talmud Mevili De Ma'aseh. So I was trying to translate, right? Learning is is important, or Gadol means big, right? So mean big, uh, big, right? Or important, or or um, weighty, right? Insofar as it it informs your action, right? So I would say about education, right? Education is important insofar as it informs how how you act or how you live. So education is is really something or someone, right, who helps you see or think differently and in turn makes you act or interact differently with the world around you. So I think each day is an education, really, if you're open to learning and growing and changing. So is that kind of like the, uh, the, the learning is bigger or greater because it leads to the doing? Exactly, right? The learning is valuable, right? The learning is um, valuable or meaningful or important, right? If it actually leads you to take action in some way. Right. Yeah. So, so you're kind of saying like the, uh, I, almost like the most important aspects of education are the ones that lead to your behaviors, right? Exactly. Right. And, and it, and sometimes, and behavior also could be, I think, defined as your thought process, right? Huh. Yeah. It's a great yeah, answer. I like, I like that. So, so what's the biggest challenge you faced as an educator? You know, I, 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 I think like an easy answer, right. Would be, that in this, you know, we're all facing a lot of challenges right now. Um, but I think there's, there's, you know, a, a challenge that's separate from sort of the world that we're, the COVID that we're living through right now. And I think the biggest challenge, you know, Jewish educators face is really apathy. And I think that um, people are really overwhelmed and oversaturated with images and messages and to-do lists that they really don't have the bandwidth to make Judaism a priority, to really commit to learning and practicing Judaism in a way that is real and authentic. And it, while that's certainly not the case, really working with students at a Jewish day school who are totally curious and totally engaged and hungry for Jewish learning, 
Um, but I think that there aren't nearly enough Jewish families who make the choice to give their children a robust Jewish education. I think they're really just trying to get through the day. And there are so many lost opportunities for Jewish learning and living at all ages and stages right now. And I think that inspiring people to care and to make it a priority is is really hard right now. It is our biggest challenge, but it is certainly a challenge worth undertaking. How has that changed now with the environment that we're currently in versus prior to that? Do you did you find prior to this period that you also experienced parents and educators were apathetic, or do you find it's more so now? Yeah, I I think it's almost counterintuitive, right? You you might think that now would be a time where um, truly there's no space in people's worlds to think about, um, you know, the meaning of life, so to to speak and what's really important. But I I do think the pandemic almost had an opposite effect um, where people were really looking inwards to understand what is most important in their lives right now. Um, And, you know, at the same time, um, Jewish day schools have had, um, many have had a, a boon in enrollment really, I think, as a result of the Jewish day schools have were open last year when many of the public schools were not able to be open. And really what was very telling is the families who overwhelmed, the families who chose to send their children to Jewish day school last year, who may have never made that choice before the pandemic, overwhelmingly stayed at the schools. And so I, I think that they um, had this opportunity to, um, we had this opportunity, right, to kind of get to the heart of our messaging and our mission and had a captive audience almost to, to help them um, re-rank, right, Judaism as a, prior, as a priority in their lives because their children um, had this very meaningful and joyful experience in a Jewish day school. Wow. So what are you doing at, at Kelman Brown Academy this year? Like, are you guys wearing masks? Uh, have there been a lot of kind of students being sent home because of testing positive or, or how's that been going? Um, so we're really lucky, you know, last year and this year, you know, we had zero cases of transmission of COVID-19. You know, this year we just started at, at Kelman Brown Academy. We do follow all of the protocols very, very strictly. We have a wonderful medical team and we, you know, we do all of this um, with, in the context of trying to provide the most normal, most joyful experience for the students. Um, and, you know, kids are, they're so resilient. There's, you know, they're, they so want to be in school and learn and be with their friends that all of the things that, you know, I think some of the grownups might have, might have. Um, thought would have been challenging for students, like wearing masks, really has not been the case at all um, for our students. And our students, you know, have always risen to the occasion, but certainly now more than ever, and and more so even the the teachers. I mean, they really have just done such an outstanding job from the day we closed our doors, um, you know, in in March of 2020 um, to, to today. You know, they really 
go above and beyond in every way, shape, and form to make you know everything that we're doing to keep the students safe also feel um, normal and fun and part of what you know makes school. Um, you know, exciting to come to school every morning. The students at KBA have always, you know, they always run off the bus in the morning. I stand at the side door every morning and I greet every student by name. And so they've always run off the bus. Um, and, you know, prior to last year, we used to get to see their smiles as they would run off the bus to the side door. Um, and now, you know, they're, they're, their faces are covered with the mask. But you know how you can see you know, their eyes smiling and they still run um, and they're just happy to come to school every day. And so um, that's what we're doing. We're keeping our students feeling safe and happy and excited to learn. Wow. So with, with all those challenges, how do you stay motivated as an educator? You know, I, I really think that the stakes are very high, particularly in Jewish education. I think we're educating the next generation of Jewish leaders and and we're counting on them to for survival, right, as a as a Jewish people. Um, So I I think when you really feel the weight of that that mission, um, that's inherently motivating. And I think being part of a a place like Kalman Brown Academy where um, the teachers and the students and their families share those values. That's also makes it um, that much more motivating for all of us that are a part of it. Well, I love that you said about new educators and inspiring other people who are going to be entering the field. And what advice would you give to new educators who are just beginning their journey? I think that's such a great question. After teach, you know, I've been teaching formally now for 18 years, and I feel like informally for a lot longer. And one of the things that I I value and appreciate and get the most, draw the most strength from is finding colleagues who share the values that are so important to me um, and making time to collaborate with those colleagues. I I also think it's important to be kind to yourself. I think teachers are always their own biggest critics and they're very good at telling their students that it's okay to make mistakes and they can listen. They could do do well to listen to their own advice. That's true, for sure. I also think it's really important for new teachers and teachers at any point in their career to really take the time to get to know their students, because that's what's going to help them teach them the best and allow the students to teach you the best. I love that you say... um you stand at the door and you greet all the students by name as they come in. Um, We interviewed an educator previously, and she mentioned that that was inspiration for her to enter the field. She had an educator that she felt got her and really recognized her and Mm -hmm. made her feel special. And so I love that you do that. How do you think we can also help our students to build a strong Torah foundation? So. Um, I think besides being a mensch, I think that Hebrew and learning Hebrew is really a key to unlocking the Torah and, and all of the sacred text of our people, not to mention that it's the language of our brothers and sisters in Israel. So while learning 
Uh, language is always a challenge. You know, Hebrew is the language of our people. And to be a knowledgeable Jew, Hebrew is really at the heart and the foundation of everything. So I do think that needs to be a priority of a proper Torah foundation for our students. And incorporate Hebrew. So, you know, one of the things that I think makes Kalman Brown Academy very unique is um, that it we are a Hebrew immersion school. So by the, you know, when the students are in, when they first come to us, when, they, when they're really little, they're hearing Hebrew from a Hebrew speaker all day long. Um, and throughout their time growing up through eighth grade, they're immersed in a Hebrew speaking environment. So by the time they graduated first grade, they can also read and write in Hebrew. Um, and so that's something that's very much at the heart of our education. Um, and we do also feel really blessed to have native Hebrew speakers as part of our faculty because it's also brings that authentic connection to the state of Israel. That's also very important to us as, as a school. Wow. From, from your perspective today, what does successful Jewish education in the future look like? Oh gosh. Um, I think that's a great question. I, I think that what really successful Jewish education um, looks like is when our students choose to become teachers, right? You know, to pick up the mantle and educate the next generation so that they can inspire the next generation after that. You know, success is making sure that the, that Jewish education has a, a Lador Vador, you know, has a chain of transmission. Um, so, you know, while we don't know what the future will look like, we know that we need leaders um, to teach the teach what what this is all about to the next generation and each generation subsequently to pick up the mantle and teach the the next generation. Wow, yeah, it definitely seems like uh, you know challenging times, but uh, I would say some some opportunities too, right? Yeah, we have to think that way, right? Um, definitely, we have to always. Um, believe that what we're doing is important and that what we're doing um, means something and that um, we're doing it because we know that success is is imperative. Definitely. And I like what you said. It definitely, I like that you said previously about the dedication that you've seen parents have over the past year and a half to almost two years that they've really shown their commitment to educating their children and making sure they receive a Jewish education and hopefully that's a trend that's going to continue and that we can all make a difference in our Jewish future. So hopefully we can keep the conversation going and more positive things going on. In the- Definitely. We hope, we hope so. Um, and, you know, thanks to, to the two of you for opening these important conversations. It it's really means a lot to those of us um, you know, sort of in the trenches to have an opportunity to talk about how important it is to us, you know, what we do and what we're a part of. Yeah, well, it was really nice having you here and speak, speaking with you today and wishing you lots of uh, of uh, bracha and hatzlacha and uh, blessing and success for this year and uh, for the future as well. And hopefully we'll, we'll get to continue the conversation with you um, in the near future. Well, thank you both so much. It was a, it was, it really was a lot of fun to have this conversation and I wish you guys lots of luck with 
um, you know, everything you're doing and, and all of the people that you're engaging in conversation and with your own family. Um, I wish you lots of, lots of luck, lots of sleep, lots of energy. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. All right. Take care, Rachel. All the best. Thank you to Yasmina and Ari.